0: Oh, We are, we we are, back are live. Again, Warping back again. Warp and Radio. We took off uh, last week. Uh, grateful to uh, have spent some time uh, Thanksgiving holiday with family. And uh, that's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. Uh, we had a great time with grandchildren, of course, as you might well imagine. Uh, anytime you have grandchildren in the house, that's a wonderful, good thing. Uh, so we were grateful to do that. Our, our kids came down. All of our uh, children were there. So that was nice. Uh, we got to spend some time uh, with other folks uh, here in the neighborhood, uh, not to not the least of which, of course, is uh, this person sitting next to me here this morning, Polly Riddell, uh, who is our Chief Connections Officer, affectionately called the CCO of uh, Warp and Woof Radio, as well as the Comenius Institute. Uh, good morning, Polly. Glad to have you here with us today.
1: It is a mighty title, isn't it? <laughs>
0: I, I love your response to the title. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah, my we're, yeah. well, we're glad you're here, and thank you for uh, spending a few minutes here with us this morning. Uh, we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Always want to give love to the man and his machine that's been doing this thing for seven years. Limping along. <laughs> we, we are glad for the grinder sitting across the table from me, so thank you for that. So, uh, just a bit of a uh, introduction, of course, to the Cominius Institute. Cominius Institute crosses three bridges. One into college, where I sit with uh, students at IUPUI, helping them to think Christianly about their subject areas. Mm-hmm. Glad for the opportunity to do just that. And then, of course, uh, we cross mm-hmm. into communities where our ent- emphasis is always on the radio show, bringing in lots of different folks. It dawned on me this uh this last week as I was uh thinking about the the whole uh fundraising letter and all that kind of stuff year end bit uh that uh we've had over two hundred people in the show
1: mm-hmm.
0: wow. uh over three years about hundred and fifty shows here over three years uh will come come up to that about the first of february actually uh, but uh it'll be three years the first of February. So we're, we're glad to have had this opportunity. And of course, one of the big things for us is to emphasize uh, the connection between black and white leaders uh, throughout Indianapolis. So uh, that's what we've been doing for the last three years. And then, of course, uh, then we cross into culture. And the cultural emphasis is always different. It shifts uh, consistently. Uh, this last uh, year, for instance, I wrote a. A journal article that's appeared in a journal, which is really uh, in the academy, in the university segment of life, that's really important. Uh, I'm also teaching at IEPY, which is really good. I've had lots of opportunities to speak uh, in various venues here at uh, Marion University here just recently. And uh, new opportunities coming up uh, that we'll be talking about more uh, as the days go on. But uh, we also want to make sure that everybody knows that we have a brand new movie out, which is a 45-minute uh, film, uh, which tells about Comenius Institute and about those three bridges that we cross. Uh, so, uh, Polly, would, why don't you give us just a, a baseline uh, response to uh, how did how did you see the first premiere of this? I guess that's kind of redundant, isn't it? First premiere, the premiere showing of our uh, movie that came out here on the south side of town. Uh, Tell us about some of the responses from some of the people.
1: Well, it is a very interesting venue that we've chosen. Um, I worked in the new construction industry, and I thought, let's have this be in a model home. So people can come in, you're in a home environment, we're sitting around comfortably in couches and easy chairs, and we're watching the video. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard to tell everyone who you are, Mark Ethel. (laughs) I get tongue-tied every time I try to explain the magnitude of what you do. (laughs) So, the video, the movie, it shows it. And it's many interviews with students, with teachers, with community leaders, Mm. and it just gives you... a beautiful view of all three bridges that you're crossing and all the people that are being impacted by Caminius. Mm.
0: I really like the idea that you put this together at Model Homes, and we've had the uh, mm-hmm. conversation, of course, uh, that's uh, connected us to other Model Homes. In fact, uh, we have the man who has, uh, whose name is on these Model Homes coming in this next week, being interviewed here the second hour at Warp and Woof Radio, which is Paul Estridge. And uh, this next week, December 5th, we're actually having a showing uh, of the film in Westfield, up on 151st and Ditch, as I recall. I don't remember the exact address at the moment, but if you want to uh, tie in to anything that we're doing there, check us out on uh, social media, LinkedIn, also, Facebook, Twitter, we've got all kinds of invites going out uh, in those ways. And, in fact, if uh, you have any questions very specifically, feel free uh, to shoot me an email. That's Echle, E-C-K-E-L, 1957 at Gmail. E C K E 1957 at Gmail. And just uh, uh, touch base with me about the possibility. And then we've got one uh, coming up on the 15th of January, as I recall, uh, yes. in Fishers, mm-hmm. uh, another Estridge model home and Fishers. We'll be looking for more of these kinds of opportunities in the months to come, but we're trying to do this around the city. So if those of you watching uh, Facebook Live, those of you listening uh, to the podcast uh, after the fact or actually live at the moment, uh, feel free to uh, touch base with us about this. Maybe uh, we could have one out in Avon. Maybe we could have one on, the, on uh, uh, Brownsburg uh, on the west side of town. Uh, maybe there's another possibility in the centerpiece of the city, uh, actually where we are right now, those kinds of uh, opportunities. So we're looking for those kinds of opportunities uh, in and around Indianapolis. If uh, you come up with anything like that, uh, shoot a message to Polly, shoot a message to me. Uh, Josh Josh Collingwood would also be a person to touch base with as well. And it was his work, of course, that not only sustains our websites and puts out the podcast every week, uh, but he's the one who put together the documentary so we're grateful for those things. Uh, we have had some uh, fundraising uh, going on here this week, uh, so that's been good. Uh, a fundraiser that's actually been generated on Facebook. Josh put that out for us. Uh, we'd be happy for you to contribute to that. Feel free to jump into that. Uh, there's, ex- you, know, you can put in however much you would like. Uh, some of the funds will be matched depending on uh, Facebook uh, connections, those kinds of things, but check that out. Uh, we are looking at fundraising for Cominius, as a lot of nonprofits are here at the end of the year. So we're grateful, of course, to be invested uh, with process again uh, here at the end of this year. This is our third uh, year uh, as the Cominius Institute, glad to be participating in the kinds of things that we do. and. Uh, of course, uh, for me as a professor, this is the end of the semester, which means that I'm really tired and I'm grading all the time and reading all kinds of student work. And so you know those things are, are very positive for the most part, uh, for the most part, because grading and assessing work isn't one of those things that professors just absolutely love to do. So So uh, we're going to take a one song break, and when we come back, we'll um, have a chat with Polly. Uh, with HB across the table from us, Uh, talk a a little bit more about things that are happening here in the near future. Uh, But until uh, our one song is over, we'll be right back. You're listening to Warp and Move Radio at radionx.tv at the Cool Groove site. Okay, those of you on Facebook Live, we continue of course. So, um, thoughts? What what would you like to discuss here in this hour? Uh anything that this, comes to mind it's
1: your show you <laughs> give me fair warning what you might want to say what, what you, you know how right. I don't like this I
2: think we need to discuss this journey that you're on the three phases of the movie and your journey because uh, you know as your brother I'm sure this journey when you first started out all fresh and pumped up it was a
0: <laughs> journey along the way oh yeah yeah, there's twists and turns, twists, turns, holes in the ground. Oh,
1: you yeah. know he hates that word. I can't use that word journey. I said take that out. <clears throat> I love that word.
0: Yeah, everybody uses it. I part of my thing about journey is that it's overused. The other part of my thing about journey is that uh, people really, um, it, from a Christian vantage point, it's it's much more an Eastern mystic kind of thing. You know where uh, we we are on the road but we never reach a destination um, christianly of course that is not something that uh, we would what
2: about you uh in this in this journey did you uh, <laughs> you're gonna push that word this, I'm, not, I'm sorry man. no that's <laughs> okay exactly. what's
1: a better word we should use
2: quest road oh i like quest but uh this quest that you set out on i mean what has been some of your uh, most surprising things because i've been trying to culturally uh Introduce you to, you know, my people as best as possible, yeah. you know, and candid as possible, as yeah. truthful as possible without, you know, seeming like I hate my own people. But <laughs> this is the reality of what we deal yeah. with in the different cultures, man, is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and if you can't get over those hurdles, then we can't grow, but yeah. it
0: is what it is. Yeah. You know, it is just what it is,
2: man.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. Well, let's talk about the difficulties, yeah. Uh, yeah. the positives as well. But the difficulties, I think people need to hear those things too. Oh, yes, yeah, um, man. Because you've
2: been you've been smacked in the face with, with <laughs> race, man. I mean, you know, race yeah. relations is tough, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and,
2: and people don't intentionally do that. It's just yeah. It's just the the, the creatures that we are. Mm-hmm. The creatures that we are, man. Yeah, you know.
1: I see Craig Recca is um, on. With I us noticed today. that. Hey, Craig. Um, good to see you, man. His ears are burning because we were talking about. Oh, it absolutely. This <laughs> we need to get with you, Craig. Yes, we do. Say the soon. guy not in
0: the picture. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Charlotte. Good to see you, brother. Yeah, all kinds of folks that oh, that are watching us, John Fitzgerald. Good to see you, Nick Ettinger from up in the North Country. Wow, this is fantastic, Amanda. Great to see you here. Rita and Ken, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, and Ping, Dr. Thank Ping, you. two of my favorite people. Oh, thank you so Would much. Would
1: be hiding behind the camera? <laughs> yeah.
0: good morning, Lee. Lee is, uh, is a radio man himself. It's great to, to have somebody like that watching us as well. Uh, Betty, uh, I'm wondering uh, how. Uh, The great state of Georgia is treating you after you're back from Ohio. Would love to chat with you about those things. Amy and Cedric, thanks for joining us. Dale, uh, for your presence as well. Curtis, uh, grateful. Uh, Thank you all for uh, joining us here today. So, Uh,
1: where's your mom? Yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, Mom, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) She's probably probably listening. Yeah.
2: She
1: she just doesn't know that. these are my twin brothers. You yeah. Know, you not know, twin sons, but the my pretty twin one gets brothers.
0: on camera. You know. <laughs> 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 yeah, so you say, so you say. You got ready, man. Yeah, absolutely. Bring it in. And we are back. Warp and Roof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Roof site. Thanks for joining us here today. Those of you listening through earbuds at work or uh, on your iPad or through your computer terminal, or on your phones. Thank you for joining us here today. We're going to be discussing in this first hour uh, some of the uh, the rocks and holes in the ground and uh, shrubbery and hedgerows that we've had to move through here in our quest, as yeah. my brother has suggested today. Uh, our quest here in the Caminites Institute uh, process here in the last three years as we started this nonprofit. So I'll just uh, kind of make a few comments here, and uh, you all jump in at, at some juncture. Uh, I think, uh, as I've understood this from the people, as I've watched other leaders talk with headbooks books and all that kind of stuff, uh, I'm consistently convinced uh, by them and just by the process that starting something brand new and specifically beginning a nonprofit uh, from the ground up is probably one of the hardest jobs anybody's ever going to do. Uh, And I feel that every day. I feel the pressure of it. I feel uh, once you've established something that you need to keep it going. Uh, The difficulty of that, I think that I I face that every day. For the most part, most days are pretty good. I'm glad to do what I do. Uh, Sometimes, however, there are difficulties that I face uh, probably more more often than not having to do with money, uh, which is always a bummer. You know, always in the past I've had uh, a job where you get paid a check and you know what you're expecting and so you just go and do your job uh, now my responsibility is I have to do my job and about three different phases of other jobs in order to keep this job and then to raise money at the same time so uh, you know I'm, I'm talking with a couple people here that actually know something about the grind oh. and as, as well as the difficulty of finances so uh, what do you all think about that um. I'm
2: glad you started there, you know, that's the first thing I, when I always talk uh, to people about living their passion, uh, you know, the trade-off is the fact that you get to go do your thing every day and you get, you come home and you feel good about what you went to do, but that trade-off is you don't have this guaranteed income, and most of the time when you're doing things from a passion, they're meaningful, and that means they're not sexy. They're not sexy, they don't pay. That's Um, right. I'm serious, when you're doing things to help other people, um, everybody pats you on the back and it, it sounds good and it's a feel-good story but at the end of the day no one wants to monetize your efforts so yeah. uh, those are the things when you dive into the world of nonprofit profit the world of starting your own business that mm-hmm. um, if you're not ready for that you probably don't need to take the leap mm-hmm. um, and just be candid with yourself you might want to find somebody if you had energy to do something who can I go and be an agent to mm-hmm. keep your job and just be a part-time agent but when you yep. dive in for you know uh, head first and, and it's time to go do this thing. Um, those are the first things you have to really understand. Yeah. It's not going to be um, a guarantee on when you get paid. It's not going to be a guarantee if you get paid. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. But I, I, at sixty, probably in my situation, I'm a little bit different because you know I've got a grown daughter. Um, you know, I'm kind of out here on my own, and, you know, the risk factor is not nearly as much as mm-hmm. the grandfather or a wife in the house and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, though, you know, your situation is going to dictate your stress level as well. So, yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: Yeah, and, you know, frankly, one of the things that I, I've stressed about or struggled with, actually, has been the, the not just the financial issue, but the problem of not having other people around me. So, you know, from the beginning, that's uh, – HB is – been here with me on the radio show. That's been very helpful and, and of course, bringing in all different kinds of people. You've introduced me to folks. I've introduced you to folks. You know, We've had this interconnection, which has been really powerful and good. Uh, but I've really needed uh, people that come alongside me to do the day-to-day work, the kinds of things that, uh, frankly, in my brain, my brain lets stuff fall through the cracks. And uh, I don't always listen well uh, to, to the details. So that's why I'm really happy to know Polly, because Polly really uh, helps out with some of the details here. Uh, so, Polly, tell, uh, take, take off in that direction for us just for a moment, and say a few words about uh, the necessity of admin uh, detail work uh, in whatever field, whether it be nonprofit or for profit, doesn't really matter, and uh, the kinds of things that you do for us at Comenius.
1: Well, I love what you say. If your brain is um, letting things fall through the cracks. Heaven only knows what my brain is doing because <laughs> mine has an official crack in it. <laughs> and then, um, that's always been a challenge from a head injury many years ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I've i been able to uh, do admin work, uh, love it. There's no end of non-paying jobs that mm-hmm. I absolutely thrive on. Mm-hmm. But every business needs the administrative side. Mm-hmm. And that's not just typing and filing, like for you, I'm connecting you with people, Mm -hmm. and that's what I absolutely love the most. Um, I want to meet people, I want to hear their story, and then I think, oh, I've got to connect you with so-and-so. In most cases, it's, we need to get you on Mark's radio show. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask me the next question, because (laughs) I've gone off on a tangent. No, that's
0: okay, that's good. I mean, you've hit the connections point. Uh, you've uh, highlighted the idea that everybody needs administrative help. Certainly, uh, that's going to be the key. And one of the big things, and the reason why I refer to you as I do, my Chief Connections Officer, is exactly that, that you bring people across our paths that make a difference to us. Um, you know, the the issue of connecting with the model homes, let's, let's stay with that for a moment, because that was a big deal. Honestly, when I mentioned uh, to Paul Estridge, for instance, that... Um, you came up with this idea and we're going to run with this model home thing. I mean, literally, Paul stopped in his tracks and he said, it just really paused for a few seconds and then said, that's a really good idea. You know, I, th- I think that's really powerful. Go ahead and say something well, about that.
1: I know from you know where I have worked, you're always looking for ways to bring people into your community. Mm -hmm. And especially if these communities are tucked away where it's not exactly on the beaten path. Yes. Um, These are beautiful homes. Everybody dreams about Mm -hmm. redecorating, building new. Um, It just gives inspiration. And Mm -hmm. so when you can come into a beautiful place and then you get to learn something, I can't think of anything better. But, you know, it gets people out in the community. You're you're, um, seeing new things. You're meeting new people. It's a great new experience, and hopefully, we all win from that. Because...
0: Yeah, one of the things that really struck me as we, as we talked about this was the obvious nature of the one for one transfer on this. Mm-hmm. The transactional emphasis beyond the transformational ideas that we, are, that we as a nonprofit are interested in, the transaction between a model home owner and somebody who, uh, like us, who is really interested in having a, a space and a place. Uh, this is kind of a no-brainer for the model homeowner because they actually get walk-through traffic. So you got people walking through the homes. Even uh, the, in our first uh, showing, the premiere showing of uh, the the film that we did at, down in Southport area, um, you know, when I talked with Paul about this, Paul Estridge, he said, you know, I'm always looking for new ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there were, there would be lots of us who would love to go out and build a new home and you know have fun with all of those kinds of things, but. Just getting ideas about what
1: Absolutely. things are like. yeah you know. It is exciting, motivating, um, and I'd love to see if we could get a few other builders that right. would like to share you know, their masterpieces and right. let us have an evening there showing yes. it to others.
0: This would be nice, by the way. We should, we should reach out to Pulte Homes. I wonder if uh, there might be anybody listening to us or interested in Pulte. Uh, they've got homes all over the place, and I know they've got some great establishments over in the Zionsville area, in the northwest section, as well as really across the north uh, side here the Atlas. So we'd be grateful uh, for any kind of connections that you might have to this. Once again, uh, hit us on social media, Polly and I are everywhere, HB is everywhere, um, or shoot me an email message at echo 1957 at gmail. Uh, we're talking here about... Uh, the connections that we are making, uh, and the necessity of the kinds of uh, things that we go through in creating a non-profit. Uh, HB, from your vantage point, from your perspective, as you think about this, we kind of touched on the, the difficulty of finances, you know, establishing yourself, uh, realizing that everybody's a different stage of life, where we all have different kinds of needs. Uh, let's talk, generally speaking, about the kinds of things that you see around the community that. Uh, are beneficial uh, to the community and the kinds of folks that you've brought here to this particular program, and the, the cross uh, interplay between uh, let's, let's just start with ethnicity. Uh, what have you seen as the benefit uh, of having a radio show like this where we constantly are having new guests in? I just think the, uh, the continuous uh, dialogue to
2: not be afraid to understand that we're just different, you know, culturally different. Um, but as far as um, uh, ideas, wishes, and wants we're so much alike. You know, everybody praises God, everybody eats hamburgers, everybody drinks Coke, and all that, and then the only thing that we really have a problem with is um, the, the, the atmosphere that surrounds the culture you grew up in, mm-hmm. as I mentioned. You know, there's, there's just a, a way black people do things and the way black people are, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we can start going through the list of those things, but I know I grew up, music was on all the time. And every place I went, music was on. Every place we, we went to worship, music was playing. So music's part of you know, you said that music is my first language. Well, that doesn't make me bad. Music is just my first language. Some people play dominoes all their life, because their granddad was playing dominoes, now their numbers got. 'Cause they play dominoes and make them better or worse. Mm-hmm. So I think ethnicity, I think culture, I think all of these things that make us different are the beautiful part of living. For me, I laugh at it. I I, I am in, I am incredibly uh, I guess incredibly insensitive to being a black man. Let me put it like that. I don't I feel like the spirit rolling around in this black body that God put me in. He put me in this six, three and a half foot frame. But my spirit has no connection other than this is how I got to transfer through my walk every day. Mm. Um, so I kind of, I'm free of that mm. in, in, a, in a sense, but I watch it and it's just, it's just, it's funny and it's sad. You know, the differences that we allow to, to, to stop us from being in harmony,
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, it's, it's sad. So, you know, when I see that, I just say, okay, how can I keep making it better? How can I keep saying, okay, be authentic, be original? And, and don't get caught up in a lot of the stuff that I see people
0: getting caught up in. One of the things that uh, we say to each other and about each other is that we're each other's twin. Yeah. You know, tell people why that is and why that's a powerful idea.
2: Because I think spiritually uh, we were meant to match. We were supposed to meet each other. Uh, I think that we are free enough to be two just really good men who have different ways that we do things, mm-hmm. but when it comes to loving people, treating people, the hierarchy of where your Holy Spirit is Spirit, your soul, and your flesh—all of that—we uh, are—we are twins in that sense. And uh, I, I think our differences make us better. And I yeah. think our differences keeps it exciting. I know I'm raw, and, and I love it. I, I know I'm like abstract. Too much is too much, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, it, those are good things, though, when you meet somebody who can tolerate it. You know oh, yeah. I don't have a lot of people that want to tolerate
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a year ago. It, about this time is when I met you both. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you said, meet my twin brother, Mark yeah. Michael. Mm. And I looked at you for a moment and I <laughs> thought, okay, I want to hear more about this. Yeah. And this is, this is intriguing. This is wonderful. For some reason, I end up being the only white person in many different environments. And I now have a real understanding of what that feels like people are looking at me strictly because of my skin color yeah. mm-hmm. and it's it, it just permeates the atmosphere and we can't do that i mean we what i'm saying it,
2: it blocks so many it blocks so many of the visions and so many of the hopes that we say we have and then we'll let something as ignorant as Uh, You don't look like me or you don't like licorice and I like a Snickers, but I mean, you will let stuff like that stop us from being, um, um, you know, just in in harmony in the community. And I think one thing that's going down now is um, we have taken everything and it's not just, um, it is not just uh, politics, it's religion. We have taken everything pretty much and made it to where before we ever start talking, I'm who I am. I'm this label. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Protestant. I'm a Democrat. Republican. I'm a pack. I'm a bear. You know, and, and what happens is we never can talk because you've already parted ways with communication because I stand behind this badge and I ain't standing behind no badge. I, <laughs> I'm just not, man. I don't want to be uh, identified by anything other than I'm a human being, you know, this Christ led warrior trying to do good in the community after that, then we can talk to the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the problems that we have a lot of times is, is that before we even see who this person is, we've already identified
0: by the label or the brand that I don't like this person. Yeah, I think that's sad. Yeah, it is definitely that's sad. sad. Yeah. One of the uh, the issues that Polly brings up is uh, meeting new people and being in, in environments or atmospheres that we're not used to and one of the things that's true about the kinds of work that we do is that we uh, go any place with anybody, doesn't matter what group or uh, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of group that we're with, it really doesn't matter to us. Uh, just take, for instance, uh, one of the connections that you made for us on the show, Dolores Kennedy.
1: Dolores and Diana, they are my favorite people, but mm-hmm. I have to tell you how I met them. A friend of mine reached out about a year ago uh, because I was wanting to network and kind of get my entrepreneurial uh, career going. And so she said, why don't you look at this realtor group? That's all she said. And I had an address. I went far, far north out of my region. You know, I live south. I'm so far north. I walk into this beautiful model home and I'm the only white person there. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, this is going to be good. I need to figure this out. So, of course, you know me. I ask questions. I want to get the story. And I learned about the CIRA organization, the Realtist organization. I am so delighted that they could be on your show to explain what they had to go through. In Mm -hmm. my own lifetime, discrimination existed in this monumental Capacity, they were not allowed to make a living as realtors. Mm. So they were segregated off, called something else, and they had to make their way. Walking into that environment where I'm looked at because of the color of my skin and, you know, eyes are kind of narrowing looking at me. What if I had to experience that my mm-hmm. whole life? It gives me a perspective that mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So we've become fast friends. I joined that organization. Mm-hmm. I love what they stand for. Um, I don't know why they want me in there, but I'm so glad they accepted <laughs> me. And we're going to do great things together.
0: That is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next. TV at the Cool Groove site. We're going to be taking a one-song break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Polly. I'm giving her time now to consider these thoughts. We're going to ask Polly about her storytelling skills because, quite frankly, if we're going to talk about Comenius and the connections and community and so on, one of the keys is Polly's storytelling abilities. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We'll be right back. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Storyteller, you feel
2: better now? I mean, when, it ain't bad, is it? Yeah, I, I, know that you, I know you ain't got used to the ride, yet, but it's cool, you're doing good. I think you should be in the
1: picture. You truly, you should. <laughs> that's
2: not my thing. That's, no, I'm not TV cute.
0: <laughs> he's always telling me, he's Radio. always telling me I'm the, prettier, pretty, yeah, one. the pretty one. But that's we all know that that's not necessarily the case either, by the way. Hey, I, what
1: are you thinking in terms of... Oh,
0: just tell us story? about... You tell stories. Yeah, that's all. Okay. You're good. Yeah. I'll, I will ask you again, so that, you know, it's right at the front part of your brain, so that we, you know, make sure that that's all good. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about the last connection that you mentioned to me in an email here. Uh, somebody that... You just kind of went up to them at the Rainmakers event, and so we'll talk about that off-air. But specifically, I'm, I was interested to see that um, this person was willing to uh, come alongside us and, and help us out in terms yes. of people. So that's yes. really good, yeah. So we'll talk more about those those things. Uh, yeah, let me see if uh, I see Mom's icon on here. Um, I see uh, I see Josh and Chanel, and I see Dr. Ping is on as well as a whole bunch of people waving at us. So yeah, I keep waving back at people, even though, uh, frankly, when I take my glasses off, I can't see anymore, so uh, Ah. there's that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go in for that, uh, you know, lifetime corrective eye surgery or something, I don't know.
1: Well, this is all new to me, totally out of my element.
0: Yeah, you're doing a great job. Just, you know, just sit there and smile and, you know, see things through. and there, Mark, ask
1: that good. question again. I forgot. <laughs> <You> forgot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have, uh, for those of you hanging in here with us uh, in Westfield, Fishers, wherever we go, uh, we're going to be doing hors d'oeuvres and drinks and Q&A. Uh, but I should tell you that uh, we're going to have some home-cooked hors d'oeuvres here coming up in Westfield. So you want to tell everybody what you're going to be making?
1: Well, I love to cook. And I love good food, so there's a few things I'm working on. Uh, I will take suggestions of anything that would be a nice finger food. Um, Mark asked for something savory and puffy. (laughs) I can't possibly believe that you would say that, um, because puffy and savory is right up there. So
0: You know, for somebody like me, I'm just thinking, you know, I I can do little things. Uh, I like to cook, too, but... You know, quite frankly, I'm a meat and potatoes and vegetables kind of guy. So it takes me a long time to do cordon bleu or something, you know. Well, um,
1: I'm a puff pastry kind of girl. There so. you go. We <laughs> got the puff. We, will... we got
0: the puff and the pastry I'm going a on here. Girl. <laughs> That's, <it. laughs> That's cute. Uh, Dr. Ping says you're doing a good job, Polly. Oh, so well, he on.
1: knows how difficult this is. <laughs> so thank you, Ping. We love your support um, always. Yep. Thank you. We He's the man. He's the man to us.
0: He's the man. Yeah, we've uh, we've grown to love lots of people around Indianapolis, uh, not the least of which is uh, Dr. Pingnan Chi. And uh, thank you always for your support, brother. Uh, always glad to be in your presence. Actually, you got a great picture of the two of us once uh, t- talking one day uh, out in Greenfield. That was kind of a nice oh, picture. Oh, I
1: remember
0: that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I like that picture too. I keep. I keep all of those pictures in a file, actually, and uh, bring them out from time to time when we need to say, hey, you know, we actually know each other. is the person that's going to be there. Yeah.
1: I think getting your story and taking your picture, yeah. it just helps me remember. Sure. So that's why I do it.
0: You know, uh, we have to say something about HB at this juncture about pictures, because I think I was the one who took the picture of you, by the way. Which one? Do you remember oh, that?
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, must, that's, yeah.
0: that's my favorite picture. Of you, I actually man. got a date because of that picture. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> all <laughs> right, all, all you ladies out there, be listening now. We got my twin <laughs> over here uh, wanting, wanting the whole date scene there. Okay, all right. You are welcome, Polly. You are welcome, Dr. Mark. Thank you, Dr. Ping. We're always grateful. And uh, saw some good news uh, uh, about the opportunities that you have at your school. Uh, we need to get you back on the on the air again, by the way, too. And we'll have we'll make make sure that that happens. Uh, Dr. Ping wants to know why HB is hiding. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's kind of. Off camera, Dude, I'm shy. He's, he, <laughs> he's camera shy. So there's your answer, Doctor King. Oh, like, I'm not in pictures a lot. No, you know I'm shy. i that yeah, guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, that doesn't fly with me, but I'll take it. Yeah. Twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. We'll be back. Uh, those of you watching us Facebook Live, thanks for hanging in there with us, enjoying our time always on Facebook Live, and. Uh, Those of you picking up the podcast later on, you'll be hearing about Polly and HB and the kinds of work that we've been doing at Comenius, and we are back. Warp and Wolf Radio, radio next, Dr. Ping Ninh Chi is also uh, collaborating with us here today. Uh, Dr. Ping says, yes, I'd like to come on your show. Dr. Ping was on the show, uh, I think it was last year, and uh, we'll make sure that that happens again. In fact, uh, Ping and others, we are thinking about uh, doing a rotation of co-hosts so, uh, something to consider uh, for the future here as we uh, roll some new things out. I wanted to say to people, go ahead. Say, I, I, th- yeah. that's, a, that's one of those mo- segue moments, man. You, yeah, know, you start mentioning Dr. Ping, then I've got Dr. Yip,
2: and I've got Dr. Yeah, Heckel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I sit up here and I'm thinking, and you know, you start talking about ethnicity and stuff like that. And I said, look at this little black boy from Forest Manor neighborhood, uh-huh. <laughs> rolling with all these different doctors from these different parts of the world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then you start, you know, the trade off I was mm-hmm. talking about. Sometimes money just doesn't yeah. comfort you the way that, you know, this yeah. this this little world I live in is, is satisfying. Yeah. So, you know, I just thought I had to say that well, cause we started good. on money and I'm like, okay, well, you get the richness of
0: that, you know. Those but, of us in academics, actually, and Dr. Ping will certainly appreciate this point. Uh, those of us in academics, you know, you don't go into academics for financial, financial wealth, that's for sure. Um, And certainly as a junior high and senior high teacher for so many years, uh, that certainly was true for me. I know it's true for Ping, uh, true for many others uh, here in the area. Uh, We are in academics because we actually believe in the next generation, which, by the way, H.B., I do believe you're all about that, too. Absolutely. Don't get me smiling. Now now. (laughs) you turn my light all the way
2: on now. I get to see my youngsters today.
0: H.B. is all about the young people, always grateful for uh, his excitement about being with them, seeing them, seeing them grow up. And uh, we talk about being next generation people all the time. Uh, you hear me quoting Psalm 71 14 to 18, until I'm old and gray, which I am both, by the way, uh, old and gray, we will recite your mighty acts to the next generation, which is what we are doing. Which uh, is, there's the segue, Polly, uh, the whole issue of uh, telling the next generation. One of the things that you bring to the table is you tell through story. So tell us a little bit about why you are so interested in telling people's stories.
1: I have been writing all my life, and it was usually just to document what was going on. Um, Because of that car accident, and because of uh, the, you know, I used to be a little bit smart and could maybe keep pace with you, (laughs) but that went away, and my career as a commercial real estate appraiser went away. And so I had to learn to do something else. Memory, significantly, went away. So I write to remember, Mm. first and foremost. Mm. Um, I take so many pictures to also remember. But then, sometimes when something's taken away from you, something else kicks in. My curiosity and my love of people is what kicked in. Mm. So I remember um, when I moved back from Florida to Indiana, my hometown, um, I was part of a new church plant. I was the only single person there. I was surrounded by happily married couples, so I just felt like a total misfit. And I said, put me at the front door, I'll be a greeter. So I thought I won't stick out and be such an odd duck there. So I greeted people, and then that wasn't enough. I thought, I need to see people for how Jesus sees them. I need to look for their golden nuggets. So then every week, I would have more conversation. And this grew to the point that I couldn't wait to see everyone and catch up on their stories. Mm. And then I think that launched the whole thing. It's the curiosity. I love nothing more than to sit down with you and find out who you are, and then write about it, Mm. and you know, I've got to write about it because I can't talk very well about it. So I put it in writing, and then we've got it forevermore, and then I can refresh my memory. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah.
0: Storytelling and uh, memoirists are very important. I'll say that word again. Memoirists are very important. That is people that are keeping track of of folks' histories. Uh, There are other terms and other phrases for uh, what that means or what that does. But making sure that uh, the history of people is not forgotten. I remember once for instance I was uh, teaching uh, a whole section in a sophomore class on genealogies, that is the history of Mm -hmm. uh, how people are and who they've come from and so on and specifically uh, this was surrounding the uh, discussion about Jesus and his genealogies. Well one of the things that I uh, asked my students to do over a weekend was to go have a talk with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. Well you would have thought that you know the whole world had just been conceived for some of these young people because they'd never asked their grandparents about their stories, ever. And now they were confronted with an assignment where they actually had to go and talk with somebody about their past. And what they discovered was this marvelous, wonderful thing uh, that they'd really, frankly, been missing out on. So let's talk for a moment about the issue of what we miss when we don't participate in other people's stories.
1: My mother has been an expert genealogist. She has our family completely documented. But what I'm looking for are the stories about those people. Mm -hmm. I want to know, and her thought is, well, I have a certain perspective. Well, let's go gather all the perspectives because how my mom might have seen her father, my grandfather, we could be totally different, but both perspectives are valid. And when they're gone, how do we remember? Mm -hmm. Even if we don't have a memory problem, how do we remember our heritage and what we come from? Right. Um,
0: The necessity of the past is huge for us. As you know, from an academic point of view, my focus is always we don't want to lose the past because if you lose the past, then there is no future. Uh, you have nothing uh, to think about in terms of what are you going to build on for the future. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important idea. Just for an example of this, and we talk about crossing bridges into culture. For instance, uh, tomorrow night, I'll be with a group of people here in Indianapolis discussing uh, the famous book by George Orwell, 1984. And actually, in my uh, classes, in some of my master's level classes, I. Uh, that's one of the requirements in the class, is that students actually have to read this book Mm -hmm. and then respond to the book. And one of the key concerns in the book is the necessity of keeping your history. Because if you don't keep your history, then there really is no sense of a future. And you're just, you become an automaton, a technocrat. And this was Orwell's greatest fear. He was, of course, uh, fearful of any kind of totalitarianism. Uh, just as a side note, I've tell, been telling my students for years the only difference between communism and fascism is spelling. Um, and that really kind of summarizes my view of this that, you know, if you're a totalitarian, authoritarian state person, I'm not interested uh, in your views because you're basically saying you want to usurp everybody else's freedom. So, just as a point of reference, I am pro freedom. If you haven't figured that out, You know, and all of the thing, all of the times that you've seen me or heard me speak or seen me write about things. You know, when I sit back and listen, Mark,
2: and you know, everything is a teaching moment, learning moment. I think, you know, every day I'm I'm caught up in it. I'm sorry, you know, it's boring, and I'm not learning anything. I want I was trying to move on, but when I was sitting here and listening to Polly talk about the history of, and listening to you talk about sending kids to talk to their grandfathers, and then I think about my culture and how fractured it is. some of the problems that we have stem from the fact that we don't have a history. Yes, We don't understand I mean a, a lot of African Americans are not fortunate enough to go and ask their grandfather what their life was like because the grandfather's not in their life or the grandmother's not in their life. So when we you know as we start to want to understand one another, mm-hmm. you know these are some of the things that a lot of other cultures need to understand that you know it's been broken. Um, a lot of times in the African American community, not by anybody's fault. I mean, it's no blame out there. It's just the reality of of the fact. Yep. And so, how do you help fix that fact? How do you help cure that that wound? Because yes. it's there. Um, and, and I mean, when you start, like you say, when you start looking and you don't have a history to look to, then how can you have a future to look forward to? Yep. If you don't know. You know, I had a little boy actually at the YMCA asked me, Mister HB. He was 11 years old. He had never been around a black man that was mm-hmm. old, so he he didn't even he he asked me had I ever been a kid. Wow, 11 years old, little wow. brother. He was as sincere as he could be and asked me had mm-hmm. I ever been a kid. But nobody wow. has ever been there to show him the 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 the, the gra- you know the gradual progression of mm-hmm. aging or. Uh, but young men become older black men, nobody apparently had been around. So he wouldn't have asked that question. And I sure. started to say, okay. So when I was listening to that dialogue, I said, hmm, that's another one to put into the into the mm-hmm. chest of unity. Yeah, Because exactly. that, that can help build mm-hmm. unity because most people talk about it without even understanding right. that that's a crisis.
0: If we have not understood, for instance, that people, let's say, for instance, their mom has died or their dad has died, or there's been a divorce, and because of the divorce, and uh, kids are kind of separated from parental, um, a, a two-parent home, or maybe kids don't have uh, a parent at all, and they've been orphaned, or in some way, uh, put upon the responsibility of the state government. You know those kinds of things. We could get on a huge list mm-hmm. of all of this, uh, but once you're you, you're ripped out of the root, the soil of history. You're right, HP. There's just yeah. no place to go.
2: And I think that I think that if we were conscious of it though, if everybody was conscious of it, then we wouldn't look at some little kids sometimes say, Look at that little wild kid or yeah. you know Well, that kid probably doesn't have anybody taming him. You know, how about that? You know, kids are born like beautiful little babies. That's the reason I'm so enamored in working with them is because there's the chance to still mold. There's a chance to still uh, give some wisdom to. There's a chance to still help create an identity if you didn't have the history or don't know the history. build your own, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing. You know, my family's very unique, Uh, I love them all, but I was not placed in the middle of my family like most people, so I was almost like just out there in the wilderness, just figuring out how to make this thing happen. And once I figured out I can build my own identity, uh, it's got a good and a bad thing to it, because you know, you. You know, this is what you get, you know, when you start building your own foundation. But the truth of the matter is there's something to hang your hat on every day. There's right. something to, to live for every day. There's a reason to be every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that we don't look at that. Those simple things, we don't look at it.
0: We we want to be judgmental instead of saying, wow, why is that baby acting like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Step back a little bit. Give everybody some space and grace and help them to understand that, uh, you know, life isn't always just, normal. I've always wondered, what is the definition of normal? I don't even use the word anymore. (laughs) Uh,
2: When I work with the autistic children, uh, my plea is to make them as most socially functional as possible Mm. because we're not normal. We're just able to go out and deal with people in a social setting. Uh, We are all tilted some kind of way in a strange kind of way, but we can can get together um, and, and... do this for an hour or two mm-hmm. and, and you know go about your way but you know some people who have issues and, and some children who have issues you know they need to be taught how to act right. in a social setting yeah. and, and, and now that's not normal yeah they're right. <laughs>
1: born knowing how to do
2: these things. no we're not and that's that's back to back to that point we were just making if you're not if you're not taught for five years how to act in a social place and church for the African- American community church used to be that place. But now we don't go to church that much. Mm-hmm. So if you don't go to church, where's your child getting uh, the behavior necessary mm-hmm. that when they go into this big institution called school, that mm-hmm. they know how to act, they know when to sit down, they know that this bell ringing means it's time. But if you like you say, Paul, if you're not taught that, you just don't, you just don't pick that up. You know, that's not something you just innately you pick up. If you're thirsty, you know you need water.
1: Right.
0: But this isn't that. Josh Collingwood adds his uh, comment here. I think the word normal is a setting on my washing machine. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: absolutely. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Appreciate Perfect. that good word. That is absolutely right. Yeah, that's right. And may, maybe we did a bit more of the gentle cycle, you know, along the way there. That might be a help, a help to us as well. And
1: the kindness. Oh,
0: kindness yes. and respect and yes. generosity. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. You know, we're starting to get into biblical concepts here. Look out. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to be taking a two-song break. And when we come back at the top of the next hour, we will continue our conversation. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back.
2: We get walk back.
0: Yeah, here we are. Uh, so Facebook Live, thanks for hanging in there with us. Dr. Ping, by the way, wants us to know that he lived in 1984, <laughs> which, which, of course, he did in China. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's a whole story. So Dr. Peng, when you, uh, when you come on as a co-host here, uh, you want to come on for a couple weeks, three weeks, be a co-host. Uh, that would be lovely. And we could talk about 1984 and your experience in China, actually. Uh, that might be kind of a nice thing to do. Uh, we also want to make sure that we hear other people's stories. And maybe that would be a a way to encourage folks to consider uh, being on the show themselves, is to come and just simply tell their story. You know, one of the great things about NPR, as much as I might grate my teeth about their political views at times, uh, I must say that they have some of the great programming, especially on Saturday nights, and I would say that uh, the Moth Radio Hour is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. The Moth Radio Hour, for those of you who might not be sure, uh, is actually... uh, an hour-long radio show where stories are told. And so the concept of story is uh, really important. Uh, people coming on a show to simply tell their tale, whatever that might be, whatever show it is that they're engaged with doesn't really matter. Or, I'm sorry, story they're engaged with doesn't matter. If it's compelling, if it's personal, if it's relevant, if it's uh, you know enveloping other people, I think all of that stuff matters.
1: And I can say that these guys make you feel very comfortable, and you might be terrified and feel terrorized at this, but you can get through it.
0: There you go. You can get through it. See, we're real easy to get along with HBI and i and, uh, real easy to uh, to make uh, a comment uh, you know, in your general direction that will uh, benefit others, we hope. Melody McGuire says, This was a great show. Thank you, Dr. chief for sharing, and always... Uh, Dr. Ping, doesn't matter if you're on the show, uh, physically or not, we're always grateful for your comments. And one of the things I've, I've got to get better at is kind of actually responding to people's comments when they pop up here, which means that I have to put my glasses on and not be so vain.
1: What so. you need is a young person to be doing all of this while okay. you're doing you. Oh no, 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 It's all I can do to kind of keep practicing. I'm not it. There's significant gray hair under this color. <laughs> as so
0: old as he is. <laughs> Dr. Ping says it's hard for Americans to understand the evilness of totalitarianism disguised as socialism or democracy. Absolutely. here, here, Dr. Ping. Yeah, I should, uh, I should show you some of the writings of some of my students about this. I'm sure you would concur. Uh, we'll have to talk about uh, my definition of totalitarianism, that uh, fascism and communism, the only difference is spelling. So we should maybe have a conversation about, about uh, Orwell's points of view. I've been reading a biography about Orwell. This week, just kind of refreshing my memory about the man. And man, he went through some awfulness. You know, went to the Spanish Wars before World War II started. Uh, was shot actually. Um, had a, a wound in his neck for the rest of his life. Uh, it really, lived a lifetime actually. He Died early. A young man actually. Uh, the sadness of that. But nonetheless, um, I think anytime time you think about the freedoms that we have in this country, you know, the titanic freedoms that we have, uh, people around the world, that's the reason why we have immigration problems is because a lot of folks want to come here and be here and be in this kind of free society. That's a good thing. All
1: right. I think we need to do the pictures like you always do at break because we need Are we to document right? this.
2: Yeah, we're on break. Yeah. I got you guys already.
1: No, so. the three of us. Oh, really? You're yeah. part of the show. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want to? You want to do the uh, rows between two horns here? I got you. know how to do this. <laughs> you know how to do this from across yeah, oh, <laughs> veteran. Veteran the table. Oh, look at you! Look at you! There we go. There we go. Oh, how how you like that, Mike? You are, you are right. so good, man. You are so good. He is Smooth. Good at this smooth man over there. Now what about
1: uh, talking about your new initiative? I mean, I think this is fabulous. Hi, Cody.
2: Oh, we can definitely do that. I'm more interested in listening to you guys talk. <laughs> I'm le- no, I'm, li- I'm learning. No, no, I talk all the time, so I like listening and not yeah. learning because, see, here's part of part of this conversation that we're mm-hmm. having um, when we start talking about cultural differences and, you know, ethnicities and stuff like that. Um, African Americans, man, it won't All greatness comes from the greatest pain, like when you were Mm -hmm. just talking about Orwell. And it it amazes me that there is a state of the population that marvel at people who've overcome Mm -hmm. trauma Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be to be great. I'm like, shit, everybody I know has overcome Mm -hmm. something. You know, from the community I come from, if they made it, they've overcome Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I had to overcome a lot of different, you know, little things to, to just exist and survive. I know some people who uh their parents aren't their parents and they didn't find out they weren't their parents till they was 20 something you know i mean it's you know that's that's trauma you know so but but most of the environment that i come from lives in that hell that's the that's where they come from so it's like it's not a not a feat you know, for us it's not a feat uh to to watch your mother work three jobs and, and you know raise six kids and you know everybody's okay and then the kids all go to college it's like you know that's, how'd that happen that's yeah. what happened yeah you know you it go. was the norm yeah. and, and so you know it builds a different kind of kind of tenacity you know mm-hmm. you know going to work don't Man, getting up and having to go do this every day is, man, I, I'm waking up at 5 o'clock like my grandma used to wake me up, and I'm going to get it every day knowing there ain't nothing coming to get me. Mm-hmm. Nobody's knocking on my door saying, hey, HB, you know, we like you. Here. Yeah. It well, don't happen that way. Yeah. A- so, you know, you learn those things early, um, and it's just amazing when you listen to, to, to the conversation, uh, expectations versus, psh, let me go kill something. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me let me go butcher something You know, really I mean, that's how I look at it I look like I'm Like every day on the Serengeti That lion's trying to get something mm-hmm. He only gets one out of about Every six, seven days mm-hmm. He might get one mm-hmm. He works hard getting that one mm-hmm. That's the reason I love watching them pull them down mm-hmm. I'm sorry I'm always on the side of the predator In mm-hmm. uh, those types of shows Because yeah. it's,
0: it's hard The tenacity yeah. issue That's the word that stands out to me yeah. In that sense that we have uh we have to work really hard at what we do it's not something that comes easily mm-hmm. so we're constantly battling that you know, you know it's process. funny i listen to people talk about miles turner and they keep acting like
2: one day this guy's gonna wake up and be tough mm-hmm. i played enough sports to know either you're tough or you're not mm-hmm. i mean i know some athletic guys and they're very talented being tough don't I mean they can't help the team but they're just not tough mm-hmm. I'm like Miles Turner's never gonna just grow up and wake up to be tough
1: mm-hmm.
2: he's, he's a good ball player but don't expect tough I wouldn't go to a fight with him
0: so by the way uh whatever would, would you tell everybody who Miles Turner is
2: NBA basketball player for Pacers I'm sorry thank answer. you he's a nice 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 kid uh, very and he's very talented but his the problem in the knock on him is he needs to get more rebound he needs to go down there and battle more and I'm like this kid is not tough He's just not gonna wake up and be tough. Yeah, and, and so those are traits that you know I think are instilled because of what you had to live with and do. Yeah, that makes you tough. Yeah,
0: you know. It's important, by the way, just uh, for the sake of knowledge that uh, we need to give Polly as much information about any athletic okay. comment as possible because yes, My analogy goes of, right up under that. Yeah, Polly does not live
1: in that world. I do not. I do not. Just like you do not understand. Color Street nail. See, you should probably put that
0: right out in front of you know the people right here. Oh yes. See, you see the nails there. (laughs) Make sure to check out Polly's nail. It goes
1: on dry. (laughs) There's no mess. Instantly dry. You're ready (laughs) to go. Ten minutes. Wow.
0: The woman will sell this stuff to you. Look out now. Look out. We could be having our own um, our own sales program here. You know, coming up. Uh, in the second hour perhaps Ten we can seconds. talk about the, oh, the second hour of sales of nails oh my word go ahead and we are back and <laughs> with radio radio next Too much fun on worker Wolf today the, the tv at the congress site I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Polly and her nails here by the way if you're wondering why i'm laughing we were just uh, on break here, Tucson break, and thankful to be back talking with Polly Riddell here today, uh, who is the Chief Connections Officer for the Comenius Institute, and also HB Bell. Uh, for those of you who are not uh, are on Facebook Live, uh, he is behind the camera, doesn't want to be in the camera, so. Uh, just everybody know yeah, that HB make with us. I
2: mean, we, we're in tight space, and uh, I would rather have the guest
0: on the camera. How I, mean, I have to you. This yeah. show? I mean, is that okay? Uh, you know. That's good. That's yeah. good. So we're always grateful for everybody's presence here, and uh, HB, uh, he'll be putting up our picture here soon and uh, making sure that everybody's in that particular picture. Uh, we're coming in here in the second hour of Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNex.tv at the Cool Group site. Grateful for the opportunity to be Uh, with you here yet again, and I just want to point out to everybody listening that um, I am actually interested in um, seeing what kind of co-hosts, co-host of the co-hosts, could we have here on the show. We would uh, anticipate uh, getting in lots of different voices, so if you've ever uh, been across our radio show and you look at us and say, wow, I wonder if I could be on there someday, the answer is yes, you can. So make sure that you uh, touch base with me, uh, shoot me a message on social media, talk to Polly at some event that she's at, uh, shoot an email to me, echo1957 at gmail, and we'll get back to you and make sure that, that we plug you into the show. Uh, we're always looking for Christians who are doing good in and around Indianapolis, and that doing good, by the way, is based on the uh, commands in Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. I was just talking with somebody yesterday about this uh, issue. In fact, um, down in Indianapolis uh, having uh, coffee with Javier, uh, who is uh, this full professor doctor at IU Medical Center, and uh, a wonderful conversation I was having with Javier, but uh, bottom line was we were uh, discussing this kind of connection that that we might be able to have in the opportunities that we do on radio, and uh, the interconnections that we have on on radio with people, and uh, we talked about the doing good part and the beauty issues. And one of the things he said was that they're in this new facility that they're putting together. We talked about the whole the human whole human health, health mm-hmm. issue, and he said they're actually going to be having an art studio uh, in their uh, health clinic. Uh, Because he said everybody needs beauty. And so we talked about flipping. I'm going to be writing an article on this soon uh, talking about flipping the conversation. Oftentimes uh, academics talk about truth, goodness, and beauty. I think we ought to talk about beauty, goodness, and truth. Nobody wants to hear your truth until they see you do good and you show them some beauty. So there you go. That's philosophical. Yeah. I thought you might have a word to say there about the issue of beauty. Oh, I, I find beauty in uh, pretty
2: much everything. I'm a real simple dude. I find beauty in just waking up every day. You know, I find beauty when people are complaining about the weather and it's raining. And I find beauty in the rain. I, I just think everything's kind of a state of mind. And, hmm. and we have taken ourselves, I think, to, as human beings, a bit serious. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I do. I, I just don't even think we understand what this is half the time. Hmm. You know, we're just spirits, man, flowing through this thing for a moment and our job is to see how well we can you know mesh and merge together when it's time to uh yeah after that man it it gets real simple for me i I just don't i don't put a lot of pressure on you know um, dates times and things like that i don't look forward to a like Christmas, everybody's getting hyped for Christmas. I'm looking hyped for this next hour I hope I get, you know, or, <laughs> or tomorrow that I hope I get. I mean, really, man, just being appreciative of like every, every daggone moment you get to be here. Right. And right. Uh, uh, dealing with as less stress as possible. I think that we put ourselves under a lot of stress. Uh, we create stress. We let other people bring stresses that we don't believe. So when I look at beauty, it's not even uh, from, a, from a physical or visual um, it's a mental place to be for me. Well,
0: H.B., uh, Melody here uh, suggests that uh, your concept was just brilliant, uh, her comment here on Facebook Live. Uh, so, Melody, thank you. Just uh, uh, keep uh, Pat and H.B. on the back over there. Thank here you even. Melody. I love you. Yeah, see? There it is. Yeah, the issue of beauty is pretty important for us, and we take it for granted so often. I And I, I have to come back to this free culture in which we live. I, one of the difficulties, I think, Uh, for those of us who have so much is that when something little is taken away we have a tendency to gripe and complain and that's a a real problem for us i think uh, generally speaking when we have so much when something small is taken away we think it's the end of the world yeah
2: yeah i also think too mark that um we don't concentrate enough on on as you mentioned what we have we're always chasing something Mm -hmm. we're always looking for more and i'm like man you know I was driving down 10th Street today, and I mean, I'm serious, I'm I'm getting teary-eyed now because I'm driving down the street, and this guy was up under the bridge, man. This this was home Mm -hmm. for the night, and I was riding down the street, and I'm thinking, damn, Mm -hmm. how can everybody keep complaining who's waking up to to go to the restroom Mm -hmm. and go get a glass of water? And we're complaining all day long about everything, and here's this guy sleeping up under this bridge, man. It was cold this Mm -hmm. morning, and I'm thinking to myself, man, if you don't, if you don't see this and, and take the yeah. hint, on <laughs> uh, quit complaining and, and mm-hmm. quit wanting more and all that stuff, and you and I'm not saying just sit there and don't want anything. I'm just saying quit
0: complaining when you don't have stuff. Right. Yeah. And we have this these huge expectations. I think one of the difficulties, uh, living, in, having first world problems. I think people generally refer to it as this, having first world problems. Uh, is that we have so much and when we don't have something that we want we think somebody's done us wrong and how far from the truth is that Uh, we have so much already uh, that we would think that somehow we are missing out on something when uh, so many don't have uh, don't have much at all
1: i think we all need the exercise that i've been through in the last year you know stepping away from a, a set job into an entrepreneurial venture um where You just lose more and more, and you have less and less. What are you going to do with that mindset? Are you going to rise from it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to make it a positive thing? Or are you going to become bitter? Are you going to complain? Everything you think is what ultimately happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm living proof that just about all can be taken from you. And you can soar as And be
2: as peaceful and as happy. As peaceful. Uh, actually, and I hate to say this for those who are aspiring for greatness and material stuff, uh, you know, at 60, I'm probably living worse financially than I ever have in my adult life. You Same know, I've year. been pretty successful. In my own limo companies and promotions and, you know, did a lot of, lot of good stuff. But I have never been in a place like I am right now, just as far as, like, identity is in check, spirituality is in check, you know, only thing I ain't got in check is a check.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, but, but but seriously, those are those are things that I think that that you mature to though as well. I, mm. you know, I wasn't this way ten years ago. I'm still chasing stuff ten years ago. Mm. Um, and, and, and you know, I think over the last five or six years, you know, divorce will do some things to help you either grow up or yeah. crash your world. It helped me grow up. Right. I'm still best friends with my ex-wife, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, for people who think that, you know, sometimes living together just isn't the best thing. I don't know what your situation is, but, you know, you can overcome it if you do it properly. So, you know, like probably said, how are you going to use your energy? Mm-hmm. And I just posted out there this morning, hashtag positive energy. That's mm-hmm. what I hashtagged today. Because mm-hmm. you either use it in a positive way or you, you let everything
0: drain you. Yeah. And uh, those are choices. Melody uh, is uh, loving you back, by the way, and making comments about your comments that uh, really resonate and kind of ping ping back what you're suggesting here about not just the African American experience, but educationally, uh, the responsibility of generational uh, education, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, you might not be seeing in the screen here, HB, but you're being heard. So There you go. There you go. We're uh, talking here this morning about. Uh, how we overcome some of the difficulties that we might be facing. Uh, certainly in this particular hour, that's been part of the discussion uh, as we think about overcoming. Uh, and we all overcome in different places and in different, uh, with different kinds of attitudes. Um, I'm always uh, mindful of uh, Viktor Frankl's uh, famous book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And this book really impacted me quite a bit. I remember specifically, and still, it was my, it's my hardback copy, I still have it, on page 67, Victor Frankl, who lived through three and a half years of Auschwitz during World War II, a Jewish psychologist had already earned his doctorate. Uh, his view of uh, living through difficulties was this, and I'm quoting him now. He said that everybody can have uh, the dip, all different kinds of difficulties. Uh, the, difficult, the difference is always going to be the attitude with which you approach those difficulties. So H.B., uh, there it is from an Auschwitz survivor, uh, somebody like a Viktor Frankl, who then, by the way, turned right around and, and his book was published in 1947, just two years after the war. He was uh, released from Auschwitz, obviously. Uh, but his, uh, his book is fantastic, very important. Uh, that statement, uh, your attitude with which you encounter the difficulties that's what this is really all about, that we're talking about here. Well, uh, you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.TV at the Cool Group site. We're going to take a one-song break. When we come back, we'll be discussing overcoming uh, more obstacles, the difficulties that we face. You're listening to three entrepreneurs here uh, this morning at Warp and Woof Radio. We'll be right back.
2: Now, I want to before we get off this air today. I want to find out pro and con your most interesting experiences so far in taking this step down from Fisher's, trying to meet these brothers and do with these. Brothers. Yeah, sure. Because really, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure some of it's been surprising, mm. and some of it's been you know, sure, encouraging and discouraging at the same time.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, before I make any comment about that, uh, Melody says that she loves that book by Viktor Frankl. So thanks, Melody, for hanging in there Melody's with us. Melody's on it, man. Yeah. We need to get Melody on Yeah. Come on right. over, Melody. Yeah. I'd be happy to have you here.
2: Matter of fact, it might be.
0: Yeah. There you go. People who's responding. Yeah. That's right. Bring in here. Let's yeah. talk about it. Come on it. in. Sit down next to us. We can have a talk about uh, the kinds of things that are of interest to you uh, as a Christian uh, who is doing good in the community. And Melody certainly uh, would be, would welcome you uh, in that regard. Uh, HB's just kind of thrown something here at me. Uh, we'll continue it here in the next segment, I'm sure. But uh, his question has to do with uh, interacting with uh, brothers, and by that he means uh, African American men uh, and the African American community, and my response to that. I'll just say, initially, that um, growing up, even though I grew up in the country, um, I played football with a lot of black brothers. Yeah. Who, You know, when when you're playing football, they are oh, your man. brothers. It That's doesn't matter. Sad. Well, then that, that
2: helps in your, in
0: your oh, track yeah. down there. If you hadn't done that, it probably would have been a lot yeah. tougher. I'll, well, see. So here's a story. I mean, as soon as I think about that, I think about this story. I grew up in a high school where... Uh, there were 2,000 people in my high school. My graduating class was over 500. and uh, I remember playing football, uh, but some people, of course, they don't like you for whatever reason. and four guys cornered me in a hallway one mm-hmm. day. And so I'm re- you know I'm ready to throw down with four guys and right around the corner comes my brother, yeah, who just happened to be black. Yeah, yeah but it didn't matter because as soon as they saw him and you know now it's two on four, it's a whole different ball game, you know, and uh, so, you know, the issue that we're facing here, I think, is once again a human issue that, yes, there are differences of ethnicity, you have to cross the street, you have to knock on somebody else's door, but when you're going through battles, whatever the battle might be, and it Shoot, you don't care what, what color skin somebody's got across the street from you. You know, that does not matter at all. Yeah. Uh, what matters is, are they on your side, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and if they're ponying it up next to you, then that's a good thing. And that's a little bit different than, you know, uh, uh,
2: people who aren't working with you in a team set mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just dealing with people individually as you have had to encounter in your, mm-hmm. in your good deed. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. am serious. Yeah. I mean, you know, because what I found here's the funniest thing that I found out. Sometimes people don't like you when you're trying to help them. Oh, it's not the truth, man. I've tried to help so many people that don't like me now mm-hmm. that it is. It is the most alarming thing in this world mm-hmm. to figure out. Damn, you never. You never did one thing for me, and now you got attitude with me. Yeah. How is? Where'd that come about? Uh, yeah. it, so it's amazing. So most of the times when you go into this servant arena. Mm-hmm. All you can do is just go try to serve and do good because mm-hmm. man, you're not getting any rewards back. You're right. not getting any personal. It's not going to be that. Yeah. And and that's when you know you're kind of free. Mm-hmm. That I'm doing this for you and it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care if you don't like it. I know you need it. Yep. And just keep going to do it. I, I don't, you know, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to watch the, the, the reaction to people who are in need of people that you're trying to benefit and help. And. Uh, I've been watching. I've been watching you grow up a little. Bit. <laughs> I told Polly, didn't I tell you we went to we went to lunch, uh, breakfast last week or lunch last week, and I told, it would be all right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a little butt whooping, you know, if it don't kill you, it just makes you stronger.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, stuff happens, that's for sure. Yeah, you're either going to get up in the morning and put one foot in front of the other, or you're going to do something else, and the other the other option isn't uh, isn't the good one. So yeah, uh, we don't want we don't want that uh, to happen here for us. Yeah, so uh, those of you out there listening, uh, thank you for engaging with us. Uh, we certainly would love to uh, talk with you more about this um, about this kind of opportunity. Uh, Melody back here with us. Um, I thought i heard HB's voice before. Uh, I was a pop-up guest, 38th Street Library, when I first started working. Absolutely. At Auntie Mims yeah, Child absolutely. Development Center two years ago. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All Love right. that system, man. All right. So, Melody, you heard that. Uh, let's let's uh, bring this thing together and make yeah. sure that this uh, this happens down here. We have our radio show every Wednesday from 10 until noon. Uh, so let's see what we can do about uh, making connections and uh, uh, get you on the air here. That'd be lovely. That'd be good. She's sharp, man. Yeah. See, Melody? He's no, uh, doing some good stuff over there. Yeah, that's good. Well, Making sure our babies have them, you know, i will tell you, that's what I'm talking about. All right, let's make it happen. I was actually uh, talking with somebody yesterday, uh, the person who kind of takes care of our rooms at IEPOI. And, you know, you get to know, you get to know folks pretty quickly. And we are back, Warping and Wolf Radio, Radio, Next dot, uh, yeah, Radio Next dot dot TV. TV at the Cool Group site. Wow, I got tongue-tied there for just a second. because you uh, so smooth. I mean, you know, you, know, you, you riffing. The, can, can I say this,
2: too, for, please, you, for your listeners? This, right is, ahead, this is a monumental task today for my brother because normally, <laughs> no, no, I mean this in a good way, normally he is so prepared and ready uh, as his show segmented out, and today we had to do an impromptu. One of the guests didn't show up, so the show is kind of impromptu. I'm loving it, uh, <laughs> but I'm seeing him over here. He's over here, man, You're I'm sweating more minutes this thing but man no this is this is good and sometimes spontaneity is needed and necessary so oh, there you go you're doing a good job and Polly you
0: mm-hmm. thought this was going to be hard and you working it over there too oh,
2: well, it's, yes. good. it's
0: good absolutely we're glad that you're here Polly we were uh, talking here on uh, Facebook live and for those of you just joining us back here on the radio show uh, we were talking about the kinds of connections that we make with people and I was fascinated, Just this just happened yesterday to me when I'm teaching down at IUPUI. Uh, somebody is always there with me at the beginning of when I get there, which is like 7.15 in the morning and they're maintaining the room and so on. And one thing leads to another, you have a conversation with somebody and you find out, oh, they go to Eastern Star, you know, so this person was going to Eastern Star. and So we start talking about church and who your pastor is and so on and have these conversations. And it really doesn't take an awful lot, honestly. You just have to start asking people questions and maybe it takes two or three and folks start opening up and uh, they start getting getting interested in, in the things that you're asking them. Uh, Polly, tell us about your perspective on this when you think about uh, meeting people perhaps for the first time. uh, When you meet them for the first time, uh, how is it that they respond to your questions? What is it that, that draws them in?
1: I'm so interested in what they do. And that's usually my first question. What do you do? And then no matter what it is, I'm always interested. And that leads to another question and another and then I start thinking, well, who might they need to meet? Hmm. Because I think, you know, synergy is yeah. a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love talking to people. I really do. Not being recorded, but, <laughs> but other than that.
0: We're going to be archiving this, by the oh, way. Yes. yes. See, yeah, you're, you're going to be in an archive, someplace in digital land, someplace in the air. Yeah, so uh, Polly's really good, uh, by the way, at telling stories and asking questions, so if you want your story told, this woman right here is the person to to see uh, and let her ask you questions. I remember the first time you sat down with me and asked me questions, and uh, I remember one of the first questions was, why do you want me to tell your st- story, uh, because you're already a writer. So. It was, uh, it was an interesting comment to make, I think, um, as I think back about that.
1: And then the second thing I ask you is, how do you make a living? And you burst out laughing. Yeah. I still, we're still I laughing. Still burst out laughing. Yeah, that's right. Well, when I reflect back on that, I didn't have any idea who you were. Um, you just mm-hmm. came up to me and said, um, I'd like for you to write my story. And so I went into this completely cold, no clue who you were. And then only afterwards did I realize, oh my goodness, this man no more needs me to write his story than The Man in the Moon. You are such an accomplished author and you have a thousand written pieces on your website. (laughs) So it was excruciatingly painful. I did condense you down to a thousand words, hmm. but they weren't my words, and we didn't ever even publish that story. Hmm. And finally, in the end, I said, you know what? how I really need to write this? I need to just talk about my impressions of you. And I said, this wouldn't be a professional business piece. And you just looked at me and you said, what are you waiting for? <laughs>
2: Who doesn't want to hear about themselves Who the lives of Polly Riddell? Well, that's
1: right. I do bring up interesting perspective. It's going to be my viewpoint of what I observed. You know, my typical protocol is sit down, talk to you for a couple hours, and then I come away with an impression, and that's the direction I go with the story. Hmm. Um, the favorite stories, though, those are the transformational stories where God has taken a life, turned it completely around Mm -hmm. just the other day you remember Danny Marquez Mm -hmm. uh, Youth for Christ that was a guest on your show I got to hear his story he wants me to write some stories of the people he's impacting this is my most favorite thing how has God transformed you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah those miracles yeah and
0: that's not uh, not something to be lightly uh, shoved aside. I don't know that we really appreciate storytellers. We certainly don't pay them uh, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't pay writers unless you're you know some big deal person who's published a bunch of books and you know uh, a koontz comes to mind for instance, uh, his pot boilers that you can read in an airport in a couple of hours. But I'm thinking uh, about the kinds of things that people do to to make ends meet and I suppose uh, H.B., we should probably uh, come to the question that you had that you wanted to address the second hour, uh, and that is, uh, how do I, as a white man, uh, deal with the kinds of things that you deal with as a black man, but more to the point of how do we, what did I, how did I grow, and how did I get into this? So go ahead. And- I'll, be, I'll be a little more clear on yeah, I, I want to know, you know, you set i a very, very
2: intentional mission to say I'm going to take my white self out of Fishers, Indiana and come meet some black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going I'm just going to make it my mission. So that's a, that's different than what I, I I meet white people every day and I'm just HB and you like me or not I'm making I'm not making an intentional statement. Mm-hmm. You made an intentional statement. Uh, that I admire because a lot of times we don't want to come out of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. especially when we're comfortable. Yeah. And so to make that intentional move to say, let me go and see what this culture is really like, who, who they are, and, and be transparent about it, not be judgmental. And so my question is, even in making that intentional step, and and it's a good move, um, the, the, the disappointments and the highlighted moments, uh, you know, I just want to know about it because, mm-hmm. you know, really, uh, black people are funny man we some funny we we are a trip mm-hmm. as a culture we have a lot of reasons to be I embrace it and I love it but we can be a bit tough to deal with yeah. so in your quest coming down here from Hamilton
0: County yeah. go over some of the experiences yeah. good and bad I'll tell you some
1: experiences'll <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: mention the, the bad ones first yeah um, I think I think it's most difficult for me to interact with people and, you know, regardless of skin color, but I, I certainly have felt this in the black community sometimes uh, where uh, they, people automatically put that label on me, as you well suggested earlier. They put a label on me that uh, I'm, because I'm a white man, I'm an automatically a conservative Republican, for instance. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth in terms of just simply being a label. I mean, if anybody's interested, by the way, in this, you can go to my website, warpandwoof.org, and uh, uh, just type politics into the uh, uh, search line. And probably the most famous of anything that I've written on, on the web uh, had thousands of hits on this, which was uh, when I said, I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, I'm a, uh, a socialist, I'm a libertarian, you know, and I talked about all of the good things that were true about all of these different uh, viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really motivates me the most, is to see what is the, what is the piece of truth in anybody's idea. Mm-hmm. And then say, here's, here's how I can see this as cohesive under the lordship of Jesus, Colossians 1.17. Um, so that's the negative experience, where people just automatically think... Just like I'm sure white people automatically think about black people, well, that must be a liberal Democrat or whatever. You know, and, and there people. and there uh, ends the relationship because exactly. you
2: never talked or never right. got to meet or never got to say, hey, you know, right. I like that team uh, in New England too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious, but but but, but we'll let those, those things. That's what I'm talking about. That one little sliver chance of hope. Yeah. that we have now to merge and talk about something even right. the differences will probably bring you closer together because nothing's that different. Right. You know, that's I guess my point. Nothing is just that different, yeah. That's and really so true. so you think people are just
0: assuming that, you know, you're a, a Trump supporter basically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. People mm-hmm. do assume those kinds of things. And that's a real sadness I think to me uh, whether or not you're a Trump supporter or not is not the point. Well, let me just this this to your Facebook audience. Yeah. I'm a brother. And I
2: have two black men that I know right now that are some of the closest brothers in my life, and they think Donald Trump is the absolute answer. Mm-hmm. So it ain't a I don't right. think that I just don't think that this is a black, white thing. I just right. think that it's whatever you feel and whatever your beliefs are. Uh some and, and most of their reasoning behind this is they were tired of the establishment. Uh keep lying and saying the same thing, so somebody yep. had to come destroy it. So I don't know if they like Donald Trump as much as something's different in this political arena that can maybe
0: change this game that we've been living up under for 250 years, it really is a game. Yeah, and in some sense, you know, the man has certainly tossed a hand grenade in the middle of the room, that's for sure. Absolutely. And I know that's a violent metaphor, but there you are. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so let me suggest, uh, you know, I've said something about sometimes people look at you and label you, uh, it's true with anybody, by the way, But I'll say some of the good things. Uh, One of the things that I've loved about uh, my relationships with African Americans, and specifically African American men, let me speak to that issue first, is uh, the wonder, for instance, of a Reverend Harrison, Mm -hmm. um, who automatically accepted who I was, I accepted who he was, we just hit it off. They wanted me to be on their show. I wanted to be on their. Uh, I wanted them on my show. It was just a natural crossover event, because the the baseline, bottom line for us was our love for each other in Christ. That was the crucial uh, moment and the crucial concern for us as Christians. Um, When I meet African American women uh, who are as excited about just pick nails, I'll just pick nails. uh, I just love the fact that people get excited and passionate about whatever. Um, I don't care what it is that you're excited about. So when I meet people who are automatically excited and energized. It doesn't matter to me. I think that's really cool. So I, those are just two examples, very simple
2: examples. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, on that vein, and I'm serious, man, I think the African-American woman is the strongest, most dominating, most beautiful creature God ever created. I mean, you think, I mean, when black men think they've been through hell, and then we start talking about the black women who had to go mm-hmm. through the hell they went through, and still overcoming, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, always engaging, always. Man, I work with more women. I, I can't. Men, you can't get men to do anything, mm-hmm. and the women will come around, and they'll just figure out how do I fit in HB? What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. And and that's the essence of what we should be as a people. And I watch, I watch my sisters, and I, I'm proud about my sisters. Mm-hmm. I love my sisters. They're yep. uh, a dominant, dominant individuals. Yeah. yeah,
0: we're grateful for that. I, it reminds me, Polly, that just to suggest that uh, your experience, you know, stepping into Sierra, for instance, uh, that kind of opportunity that you've had, uh, tell us about your response uh, when you meet African-American women who are excited and passionate and so on about who they are and what they do.
1: Well, a selfie stick started the whole thing. <laughs> oh, and here's how it was. I went to a wedding of a dear friend of mine, uh, Reverend Samuel Murray. And again, I'm the only white person in the church, just about. And there was a woman standing there with a selfie stick. And she looked like she was having so much fun. And I thought, well, I don't even know what this is. So I'm I'm bold, and I don't mind walking up to perfect strangers. And so I walked up to her, and I said, can you tell me what this is and how it works? So she whirls around, and she got us in a picture. And that's how we became friends. Mm. And then she had a radio show, that's the first time I've ever heard of such a thing. I want you on the radio show. And I thought, oh (laughs) no, what have I done? So we just became friends. Mm. And it it, it had, there was no need to think about color. She was an exciting, interesting person we may differ on all of these things you've just been talking about, but I don't give to hoots about politics, and you know what I think about football. I I don't. I do not think about football. So I'm looking more, who is the person? Mm. What are they about? What do they stand for? Mm. Um, I don't look for the things that can divide us. I look for the things that can unite us. And every one of us are going to feel the same emotions. Mm. There's no different. We bleed the same color. Yeah. When you take all the skin away and you look at that skeleton.
2: Yeah. Well, what I say, Dr. Mark, all the time, I've never been in the hospital and somebody said, give me a pint of Puerto Rican blood. <laughs> no, give right. me a pint of Afro- African-American blood. No, no. no, just give me a pint of B type B blood, you know, and, and that's the reality that I think if we just strip it down to that basic, mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. conversation, then we would, wouldn't be so caught up on it, mm-hmm. uh, although it is a topic of conversation all the time, um, and, and, and as we continue to talk about it, hopefully people can make laughs of it, because yeah. I know culturally, you got to go home sometime to Robin and just crack the heck up mm-hmm. when you watch Brothers, because see, uh, for instance, Brothers go to concerts, They'll go get dressed up like they're going to the biggest ball in the world. White guys are wear jeans and a, and a sweater. And they want to be as comfortable as they can be. Mm-hmm. And so when you go, I went to the, uh, the Stevie Wonder concert. And it was at Banker's Life. And it was just the funniest thing. All kinds of people. All races of people. Grandfathers with their grandkids telling them, you got to come see Stevie Wonder. So, I mean, the place was full. But that dynamic I just talked about was so funny. Why all these different people from their culture come mm-hmm. in and how they dressed and stuff? Because I mean, really, the brothers would dressed like it was the, it, it was the ugly man of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, from fur coats to gay, everything. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, this is too funny, you know. And I just oh. found humor in it, just looking at. This is what we do as a culture. This is what they do as a culture. And so what? But everybody, when Stevie Wonder started playing. None of that mattered. Yeah. Because it was music. Yeah. The, the, the music made everybody just come together. But I was <laughs> watching people none of Look at this. This is too hilarious. <laughs> you know, but those, I told my mom do not
0: take much from me. So those are the kind of things that just make me laugh and happy. One of my students, uh, I remember this, like it was yesterday, talking about clothing, an African American man who I knew was uh, a pastor. And uh, he would come in all different kinds of colors of uh, suits. So, you know, it could be red one week, uh, week purple the next week, green, oh, yeah. you know, all different kinds. And I said, so how many suits do you have? I was not ready for the answer. He has 40 yeah. suits in his closet. Yeah. 40, HB? Yeah. That I have one suit. Now, I've got a lot of sport jackets, maybe 10 of those, but... 40? I maxed out at about
2: 32 when I was, oh. at, I, I mean, I, when I gave, I had to take about four trips seriously because I lost probably 70 or 80 pounds in the last 10 years. And I mean, but you know, I was in a different suit. All my, I mean, but that's, that's the culture. My, my grandfather, own. look, my grandfather used to wake up. He was 27 years older than my grandmother. So he was retired and pretty much going, you know, Alzheimer's was setting in and all that. But my grandfather, like at 80 years old, would wake up. Put on, like Mr. Rogers, put on his shirt, his tie, his sweater, and go sit on the porch hmm. to go nowhere. He put he put a suit on to go nowhere. So every morning I got up, I'm watching Grandpa put a suit on. So I could not wait to wear a suit. I could not wait to go do business in a suit. But but that is part of the culture. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Just your that. culture. You that's know, right. that's what I'm saying. You know, what are you going to do? Tell the guy he's crazy because he wears a suit? <laughs>
0: no, you just wear suits. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Right? You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. TV at the Cool Groove site. Uh, Melody, we want to thank you f- again for another comment uh, that you made here about um, the reason why she's still listening on behalf of all African-American women. Thank you, H.B. Oh, man, uh, come see, on. There you go.
2: Yeah.
0: So, Melody, we have to sit down and have a chat and, and uh, see what we can do about bringing you on the show. Uh, we're going to take a one song break. Uh, we'll take one last break here uh, in the morning. We'll be glad to uh, welcome you back. We'll continue our conversation with Polly and HB in about three and a half minutes after one song break. We'll talk to you then. Facebook Live, we are still here. <laughs> and Dr. Pingnan Chi it is an old trick for the people in power to divide people by skin color, region, oh, yeah. and religion. Yeah. And
2: boxes on, on applications and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because my reality is this. If we wanted to really pick the best person that we think could run the country, then there should be no label. It should just be, okay, here's the top 10 people that have their uh, agenda before the people. Yeah. You, you'd be surprised who would be running the country, and it would probably be a woman. Yeah. It would, I'm serious, it would probably be a woman, because I'm, I'm going to just tell you now, they're not driven by the power like men are, and, and what the public wants is just some, some equal land and some equal world to live in, I mean, this power thing has gotten out of hand. And so if we wanted anything, we'd take boxes away.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: we wanted the best person employed, we wouldn't have what's your ethnicity mm-hmm. on the application. It's not it the wouldn't truth. even matter. If you're really trying to hire the best person, yeah. So you know, like, Ping is right. You know, all the all the things that America's built on is to separate divide, so the power system can stay in play.
0: Yeah. That's just a comment here to Melody. Melody, uh, please do message me a uh, Facebook uh, personal message, or just shoot me an email at echo e c k e l nineteen fifty seven at gmail, and uh, be happy to talk with you about. He did good on this thing up- Doing this thing, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm still not very comfortable. I'm still sitting over here on pins and needles, you know. So, uh, you know, being an academic, I mean, that's, you're well, yeah, it, well, I mean that that means you're doing something.
2: <laughs> I mean, that means something people are liking what you're talking about, right? If they're, if they're feeding yep. it in and keeping the comment, okay, that's keeping beautiful. the comments
0: going, yeah, yeah. Being in the in the educational world for so long, you know, you're you're driven by the structure and the I order know. of what you do daily. Um, Robin and I are having long conversations about that lately, about curriculum and uh, the necessity of structure, even though within the structure, you know, it's kind of like watching an NBA game or an NFL mm-hmm. game or, pardon me, while now I talk about sports. No, biology. transition in anything. Transition. Anymore. How do you, tra- I mean. The freedom that they have within the boundaries Absolutely. to play these games, you yeah. know. The, the two-toe step, touch, yeah. before and they catch the ball out of yeah. the amazing stuff yeah. they do. But they practice it every day. Oh, yeah. Like I told you, you don't show up
2: and then that just happens. Right, You're doing that when nobody's watching. Right. Yeah, then I mean, you over and over and over, nobody's seeing you do it. I tell these young kids, man, the game is the, like the dessert. Mm. The, the, the meat and the, and the food is waking up every day, honing your craft and learning what you need to learn. Because when you get on the stage, you, you're either ready or you're not. Yeah. You either ready or you're not, and you don't get ready on the stage. Yeah. You don't get ready when it's when it's show You get Students ready. Students
0: ask showtime. me a lot about um, the question of what kind of classes should they take, and if they're educational people, uh, I will say to them, stay away from methods classes and take content, because the more content you have, the more knowledge you have, the more background you have in a subject area. That means you can be nimble and quick. Oh, yeah. You know you can do the crossover dribble. That's what you're doing right now. I mean, in transition,
2: it's huge. I, I even think, you know, that more Montessori schools need to be mm. um, on display. I don't know what Dr. Payne thinks about that, but man, we need to hear what our kids are asking for so we can teach them better. Mm. We're, we're too busy trying to feed some stuff they're not interested in. I can give them the same lesson that the teacher has by listening to what it is that moves them and what mm-hmm. how
0: they want to hear it. Mm. Because sometimes we're sending stuff they don't want to hear. One of the things that I told my students at IEPUI was that my job uh, was to inspire them to be writers. And uh, so I have a young man that meets with me once a week mm-hmm. for an hour outside of class. an hour. yeah A college student wants to talk to me. Well there's only one reason why that is true and that's because he really values uh, what he's gotten in the class and he sees that inspiration, he wants more of it. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, and that's 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 the obligation now, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got several people that, you know, I've worked with like that and just said, come here, man, i got an hour for you every mm-hmm. time. Uh, Richard. Yeah. Richard came in here for an hour, man, for about a year and a half as he was making his transition, and I'd sit there and just... just anything that he needed to be fed, I would feed him. Yep. He wanted to know about how to start a business. He wanted to know about non He wanted to know about anything. And everything that I had at my disposal, I was just feeding it. Mm-hmm. And I look at him now, man, I'm so proud of this brother. You know, the new executive director for KG, mm-hmm. you know. For, for what? Community Action of Greater oh. Indianapolis. Yeah, wow. they just named him the executive director. What? Yeah, man. And this wow. is three and a half years removed from wow. doing 26 years. Wow. No, you're
0: talking about I get excited about something. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, if, uh, would he be, and we are back, Warp and Wolf Radio, Radio Next.TV at the Cool Groove site. We have about 10 minutes left on our show here today uh, before 10 Point Coalition, and uh, Reverend Harrison comes in and talks. Uh, if they'll be on the show today, uh, we're grateful to know them and the good work that they do in and around Indianapolis, as well as you other cities. You know, he makes me get on the camera, right? He,
2: he's, <laughs> he's holding his camera and turning it back and forth every time I start talking. And you know, well,
0: so. see, that's the reason why I have a tripod. I like things that are stable and orderly. <laughs> <laughs> Most instructors do. They do, yeah. I mean, that's you know what? Right. I
2: mean, I mean, who would want an instructor who wasn't orderly? Uh-huh. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, because instruct means okay, here's the rules, here's the way we need to do this, yeah. here's There's the way be it gets done. Structure. It's gotta have some structure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was telling this young person I was talking about uh, Facebook Live here, those of you just joining us, we were talking about the importance of uh, freedom within boundaries. So this young person I was talking with yesterday about uh, writing and I said, you know, these great jazz musicians, the the reason why they're so great is because they spent years practicing scales. Well, you have to have a foundation in the way in which the music is presented. So that you can then riff on the on the scale. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't know the scales, then you ain't doing no riffing. You ain't doing no riffing.
1: Yeah,
2: and so that's what I'm saying. You know the scales as an instructor. That's the reason it was good for you to riff today. How about that, I'm dizzy. Yeah, we're, we're ripping up the riffing. That's for sure. Yeah. that's for sure. Oh, but this is good because a lot of times, Mark, when you do your show, it, and it is so effective the way you have it set up. But sometimes they need to know the artist. that show and you know you never really had a chance just to be uh asked questions or just to to freestyle and you know Mm. carry conversation on about just dr mark eckle because you know uh number one when you hear doctor and and a couple of things that you said you think that most white people think you're this when you walk in and i'll guarantee you it ain't politics oh really oh they want to know first of all are you the police uh, okay. Second, is uh, he getting ready to come in here and try to buy up my neighborhood? Uh, politics would probably be six or six. They could not care less about mm-hmm. your political affiliation most, bro, just to let you know that's okay. not where they come from. They're trying to size you up, figure out what he doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you, know, you know, like Polly said, most time you go in, and most of us as Christians, and, and, and this is the saddest part, and this is the reality. Most of us as Christians, we talk this unity in this body and heaven is supposed to have everybody up in there where no, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's going to be left out. But then when it comes to our earthly Christian wall, mm-hmm. it's the most segregated mm-hmm. entity on this planet. Yep. And it's the most mind blowing thing for me. I'm like... With all this God stuff and all this stuff, man, and we will go run into our own little black church, our own little white church and, and mm-hmm. don't come mess with me. And then if somebody of another color walks in, we're looking around. I mean, Jesus the the the, the message of Jesus stops and everybody's looking like what's he doing here? But <laughs> what's she doing here? And that
0: that's amazing for me mm-hmm. as Christians. And and I just la that uh, one of those other things I just laugh at, man. It's, it's- one of the things that was striking to me when I went to Unleavened Bread Cafe was uh when i when i talked with mama later on who's been on our show too um she said you know when you walked in i thought you were a politician because i was wearing a, a blue jacket you know and a white shirt and stuff And so, you know, our our automatic view of of what people might think. I'm just going to let you know, most black
2: people aren't thinking politics when they see something different. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, you know, like it's going to be law enforcement. Oh, yeah, because the law, when the law shows up in the black community, some some drama's going down somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it ain't. You know that's that's the fear of the black man. Just to okay. let you know, that's right. that's probably who they thought you were with the law. No I'm, just, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. But but on a serious note, those are things though that you know if we understand and we're not as offended. I already understand. Smiling has to be part of my cachet. I'm six foot three and a half, about two hundred twenty pounds. And when I walk in any place that's foreign, that doesn't recognize this black guy, I need to be smiling. Mm-hmm. So I, it makes me feel good anyway, but smiling is part of what I do because it's less threatening, especially coming from a big black guy. So mm-hmm. if I'm smiling now, in 1.2 seconds, you get a chance to look inside somebody up I like that guy. you know. What can yeah. stand is smiling. <laughs> Whatever it might be. But, but those are just things. And, you know, I think if we just break it down and know one another, we're, yeah. we're better for we're it. We're a lot
0: better for it. The yeah. external is the external. It's not the internal. It's not who we are. So, uh, Polly, uh, tell us. Uh, I'll give you one last shot here at this. Uh, I know that you're just all excited about me asking you a question, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, when you tell a story uh, about people... Um, do you focus on the external or the internal, why or why not?
1: Oh, there might be a little external, but that's not what's important to me. I look more into the heart. I look at the motivations. And I usually have to tell a linear story. So Mm -hmm. I kind of have to start at the beginning and walk it through with with whatever happens. But... I don't care about the external, mm-hmm. except when I met you two, and, and AJ, he was trying to forget his twin thing. Yeah, I was. You know? I'm thinking, well, let's see how that could possibly work, and <laughs> and it was great. And
2: little did I know, this is us would be coming on after I made that. How genius is that?
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. The sitcom, I mean, not sitcom, but the television series, This Is Us, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Polly acts like she hasn't seen <SSSSSSSR> no. it. No. Well, it's a its a set of triplets, and one of them is a brother who was kind of adopted <SSSR> mm-hmm. uh, at birth, and, you know, so the three of them grew up as triplets with one black dude, one white dude, and one sister, <SSR> mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Here we are, here This we are. is us. Yeah, this is us. But that, and that is
1: This Is Us. <laughs> but, you, know, you think of the year that we have known each other, and... It's just been an acceptance of everybody in their own role, what mm-hmm. they do. There's never been anything else, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is so important.
2: Yeah. We got some stuff that, that probably doesn't need to be talked about on Facebook or this internet radio station that I could go into, but I respect Mark too much to, you know.
0: Kind of... Thank you. It's very generous. <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, people want to know when they meet me and they, you were talking about the issue of being a doctor um, one of the questions is, uh, is your doctorate in something that helps people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've absolutely. Somebody, I've been asked that question, and I always laugh. And I say, well, it depends on what you mean by health uh, help, I suppose. Most people, when they hear the word doctor, they automatically think of a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's generally the case, uh, or a scientist or something to that uh, effect. I am a humanities guy, so I work in the, uh, the, the College of Liberal Arts. So the School of Liberal Arts at IUPUI. And I'm really happy to be there because I'm about literature. I'm about writing. I'm about English. I'm about uh, languages and, and culture and those kinds of things. Because I think the necessity of seeing uh, science and math as hugely important, yes. But there needs to be this crossover and interdisciplinary connection. So if uh, anybody's out there wondering what my doctorate is in, my doctorate is actually in social science research. So that means I actually care about what people think, and how people think, and about their cultural background and so on, and so that really matters. And, and so, yes, you are helping people. I am, to in that respect. My, people think differently. And once again, it's the box structure we, get yeah. fall, we fall into, right? That's uh, problematic for us, I think, sometimes. But uh, anyway, to HB's question earlier about the doctor thing, there you go. Um, I help people think differently. Uh, I think that's what my students usually say mm-hmm. to me too, is I've never thought that before, I've never had a professor like you before, that kind of thing. Well, I think that's the essence
2: of real education, and then Dr. Ping's to something with his school as well. Uh, I think that the structured school systems that we have been Using to to pretty much train people yes. and I say that train because basically you were going into jobs in the industrial age Where you had to be trained to do the job? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really going into a place where you're going to create yeah. Now we're in the creative age you, right. you have to be able to think fast you have to be able to uh, access information fast and the person with the Information first is the winner That's so right. to speak and so when we start talking about liberal arts and teaching a, a generation of people what's going to really be necessary, the skills that are going to be necessary. You're going to have to intertwine Mm -hmm. the liberal arts with the sciences. Mm -hmm. Else you're going to be lost. You're not going to succeed at all. Uh, You're going to have to have information. You're going to have to know how to parlay
0: it. Mm -hmm. That's right. One of the things that we know for sure is that uh, data-driven organizations, scientific organizations, are actually hiring storytellers because they can't they can understand the data, but they can't communicate what the data says or why it's important to anybody else. I'm actually having a meeting tomorrow on campus uh, with um, uh, what they call a capstone course, which is your last course in your senior year. Uh, But they actually wanna make this interdisciplinary and they invited me to participate in the course to teach, to help teach and bring in some different perspectives. And I'm very excited about that. I think it's very powerful, but the person I'll be working with is a professor of kinesiology, which is the study of human body movement. And so uh, it's a scientist, basically. I've been working with a scientist. So you've got a science guy and a humanities guy, and I think that's going to be a winning combination. I can't wait to hear these stories. Yeah, so, yeah I want to hear them. Absolutely. You need to be right. there taking the story down. Bali, and <laughs> yes,
2: that story. absolutely. That would, be, that would
0: be power in a jar. Yeah. We have come to the end of our show today. Thanks so much for joining with us. Uh, Melody, thank you for your good words here today, and Ping, thank you again. Uh, Do message me. Let's get this uh, party started with where we might go from here in terms of uh, some help with the co-host issues. Uh, Next week, however, we do have a guest that we want to make sure everybody knows about. Paul Estridge will be here of Estridge Homes. Uh, We're really thrilled that uh, he's going to be with us here this next week. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the first hour we're looking at uh, doing some very important and unique work with our new 45-minute movie uh, that talks about Comenius, and we're actually showing it at model homes. And Paul Estridge has uh, graciously opened two of those, one in Westfield, one in Fishers. The next showing is the 5th of December, this next Wednesday evening, and we're looking forward to that in Westfield. If you have an interest in coming uh, to be a part of that, shoot me a message. Once again, my email is eckle. E-C-K-E-L 1957 at Gmail, or I'm all over social media. Just shoot me a message at LinkedIn, Twitter, or on Facebook. Polly Riddell, thank you so much for joining with us here today and answering a few questions. I lived through it. You lived, you lived <laughs> through it. What a way to say that. And HB Behind the Camera, thank you again, brother, for being with me. Always, man, always. We're going to uh, break here for uh, Ten Point Coalition coming in next You've been listening to Warp
1: and Woof Radio at radionex.tv at the Cool group site. We'll be back again next week.